Welcome to Capital Locust, the local government finance podcast from the United Nations Capital Development Fund. Talking local globally. This podcast explores ideas and thinking about the role of local government finance as an accelerator of international development in line with the Sustainable Development Goals and Paris Agreement. Welcome to the fifth episode of Capital Locust. This week, it's a great privilege and pleasure to be talking to Ambassador Francis Zinzu, the former head of the permanent mission of Benin to the United Nations and chair of the Global Coordination Bureau of the then 49 least developed countries. Ambassador Zinzu was spokesman and chief negotiator of those countries in the processes that led to the formulation and adoption of the SDGs and the Addis Ababa Action Agenda for Development Finance. Currently, he teaches various subjects related to international relations in universities in Benin and trains consultants on the SDGs and the 2030 Agenda. Ambassador Zinzu is also the chief editor of The Voice of Retired Diplomats. Now, of course, a lot of people are involved in supporting, providing technical documents and all the other support material required for international negotiations. But when those negotiations begin, it's only those inside the room behind that closed door that actually have a voice. In the case of international negotiations, most often the negotiators are countries or the people representing those countries. So this can be a problem sometimes for those whose interests are not fully represented by those countries. It's certainly a problem in the case of local governments. Because whilst, of course, local governments are part of the fabric of the nation in all countries, the specific role of local governments and their importance and their fundamental importance in driving the development of those countries is often not really emphasized by the representatives of those countries when they sit around a table. So much so that in some of the early drafts of the Paris Agreement, the role of local governments in building resilience to climate change was not really included. And even more so, that in the early drafts of the Addis Ababa Action Agenda for Development Finance 2015, this was the document that really set the scene for the current development finance paradigm. Yes, there was a lot of talk about the need to bring in the private sector. Yes, there was a lot of talk about the need to listen to civil society. And yes, there was a lot of talk about the primacy of national sovereignty, the importance of governments in defining the development paths and the development priorities of the countries. But no, there was no mention of the role of the cities, the towns and the rural local governments in making any of this happen or in becoming actors, active agents in accelerating development. And of course, there was nobody from those local governments sitting around the table. 
So it was left to the national governments and in particular to the ambassador from Benin to make that case. And he was able to make it so powerfully that paragraph 34 was inserted into the Addis Ababa action agenda and the role of local governments in development finance was not only mentioned but was celebrated and has now led to the work we are doing at UNCDF on the International Municipal Investment Fund which will drive forward blended finance to local governments for building climate resilience and for driving Agenda 2030, and has also led to the Local Climate Adaptive Living Facility, which is an association of 14 countries with six candidate countries waiting to join, which is governed by those countries themselves, but which is a facility to accelerate climate adaptation through local government finance. Thank you, Ambassador Zinzu, and we really look forward to the conversation we're about to have. But before we start, I think it would be very useful if um, we can listen to the words of this paragraph 34. Paragraph 34 of the Addis Ababa Action Agenda. We further acknowledge that expenditures and investments in sustainable development are being devolved to the subnational level, which often lacks adequate technical and technological capacity, financing, and support. We therefore commit to scaling up international cooperation to strengthen capacities of municipalities and other local authorities. We will support cities and local authorities of developing countries, particularly in least developed countries and small island developing states, in implementing resilient and environmentally sound infrastructure, including energy, transport, water and sanitation, and sustainable and resilient buildings using local materials. We will strive to support local governments in their efforts to mobilize revenues as appropriate. We will enhance inclusive and sustainable urbanization and strengthen economic, social, and environmental links between urban, peri-urban, and rural areas by strengthening national and regional development planning within the context of national sustainable development strategies. We will work to strengthen debt management and where appropriate to establish or strengthen municipal bond markets to help subnational authorities to finance necessary investments. We will also promote lending from financing financial institutions and development banks, along with risk mitigation mechanisms such as the Multilateral Investment Guarantee Agency while managing currency risk. In these efforts, we will encourage participation of local communities in decisions affecting their communities, such as in improving drinking water and sanitation management. By 2020, we will increase the number of cities and human settlements adopting and implementing integrated policies and plans towards inclusion, resource efficiency, mitigation and adaptation to climate change and resilience to disasters. We will develop and implement holistic disaster risk management at all levels in line with the Sendai framework. In this regard, we will support national and local capacity for prevention, adaptation and mitigation of external shocks and risk management. Ambassador.
Ambassador Zinzu, it's a great pleasure to talk to you again. And I hope all is well with you. And thank you so much for agreeing to join um, our podcast, uh, The Capital Lowcast, which uh, talks about local government finance. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's uh, a pleasure for me to participate in uh, uh, bringing further the, uh, the work that we have been doing uh, in New York uh, uh, in favor of uh, uh, local uh, finance and in favor of local development. Well, thank you, Ambassador. So, as many of the listeners may not know, Ambassador Zinzu was the head of the Least Developed Countries Group at New York in his capacity of Ambassador of the country of Benin to the United Nations. And in that capacity, Ambassador Zinzu was very much involved in the negotiations for the Addis Ababa Action Agenda of 2015, which basically sets the new development finance paradigm. And it's about really blended finance, a mixture of public and private finance, and how development finance should move forward. Now, Ambassador, as you noticed in the negotiations, there was a risk at some point that the the whole global development finance paradigm would not make any specific mention of local governments at all. At one point, it seemed like the world was composed of national governments, civil society, and private sector institutions, forgetting that, in fact, who is actually looking after the, the villages, the towns, and the cities are the local government institutions, and they were being completely left out of the thinking. Ambassador, would you like to reflect on that and uh, what you saw and how you were able to influence the negotiations around paragraph 34, which does in fact include uh, local governments as a means of implementing development assistance? Over to you, Ambassador. Yes, thank you very much. This is a very important issue that you are raising. Uh, It was not uh, an easy task to, to perform. And uh, because uh, we are in the UN in an intergovernmental framework where only national governments have the say, so to say, and uh, uh, the negotiations were a process between the, those governments. But the fact is that we were uh, making a cheat at that moment when uh, we started the, third, the process of the preparation of the third international uh, conference on financing and for development. Uh, we, we were in a very critical historical moment when we were trying to move from the general concept of development to the concept of sustainable development to make it all inclusive, taking into account the three dimensions of sustainable development, which is the economical dimension, the social dimension and the environmental dimension, which should be addressed in a balanced way. And when you talk about uh, those three dimensions, you see that they are very critical catalytic inputs that have to be put in place. And you cannot understand that all this will happen without identifying where the results will take place 
and where the results will be measured. And that is where the local field of action came up. And the most important was to find the right narrative to bring people on board to shift from only intergovernmental discussions to addressing also the challenges that have, that are connected to having results, being able to measure them, and addressing the challenges that are connected to that. So that's how uh, we came up uh, to bring in the municipal level, the local development uh, uh, agenda uh, into the process. And this because we were uh, uh, working at a moment where the sustainable development goals were already identified and put a high emphasis on fight against poverty and meeting the needs at grassroots level. You understand? So when you are in such a challenging setting, you cannot omit the actors that are in the field, that are at the forefront of the battle for social, uh, for satisfying the social needs of the people. So that's how we build up the narrative that more, many governments at that moment already were trying to shift responsibility from national government to local government in addressing those needs. There were decentralization processes in many countries, including my own, where more power, more competencies were given to local communities. But, but at the same time, it was just like if they have to invent themselves the means to address those uh, uh, challenges. And that's why being realistic, we found it possible to uh, really address the issue of identifying the sources of finance that the local communities, that the local government have to use to fulfill the burden that was being shifted on their shoulders. And so uh, that's how we build up the narrative. Because most of the time, the local government, they are ready to take the responsibility, but they lack technical capacity, they lack institutions, mechanisms, agencies that have to work and to structure the action that has to give a result as a measurable result in terms of indicators that were identified, that were being worked out uh, for uh, the uh, SDG uh, performance follow-up. So uh, uh, that's how we came up to really identify the issue of first making sure that the national government shifts not only responsibilities and competencies, but also resources to local government to make sure that they have the means to implement the agenda because it's at their level that the action to implement the SDGs will take place and also to make sure that we involve them into global cooperation frameworks to make sure that there is enough exchange of uh, uh, know-how, exchange of best practices, exchange of, uh, so to say, uh, cooperation 
and uh, uh, to to make use of all the potential of uh, cooperation that was already being developed between twin cities, between regions around the world, to make sure that all this potential is harnessed into the process of the implementation of the Sustainable Development Goals. That's how it was able, we were able to really formulate very clear uh, program lines to really bring the local uh, agenda into the development, uh, global development, uh, sustainable development agenda. So that's what I can say uh, to explain uh, how it came up that for the first time in the process of uh, uh, financing for development, we were able to address this time the needs of local government, the needs of enhanced local uh, uh, finance, and the needs of uh, clear involvement of the local communities in efforts and in uh, responding to the challenges linked with the implementation of the Sustainable Development Goals. Yes, and this narrative really uh, is targeted and focused and specified on each Sustainable Development Goal. So, uh, uh, let us say, for instance, for energy, uh, Sustainable Development Goal 7, we uh, know that people have to have light. They have to have access to energy. And the access, we, we have to power development at local level. And how to do it? Energy is a very cost-intensive, needs very cost-intensive infrastructure. And this uh, needs also, I would say, specific arrangements bringing together not only national government funding, but also private sector and also development cooperation to really, in a blended mechanism, to be able to uh, put at each level uh, energy supply at the level that is necessary to uh, bring forward development. That's just an example I can give you. And also water supply. Those are needs that require a very intensive investment. And there is a know-how that goes with it, which lies at the central government. But now those responsibilities are being shifted to national government. So there is a very important issue about a transfer of knowledge, transfer of competence, and transfer of resources, and transfer of management skills and institutions that have to be put in place. In each sector, let's say, for instance, financial inclusion, uh, there are a lot of things that have to take place at local level so that at national level we can have measurable results in the implementation of the Sustainable Development Goals. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed, Ambassador. That's really um, comprehensive and very clear. And I just wondered, Ambassador, you know, in these negotiations, as you were talking, uh, representing your country, you know, there may have been other countries, other representatives who didn't really get it, who didn't really see the local government angle. Now, of course, outside of the negotiations, there are many experts supporting you, many organizations working with you. But in the negotiations, you, as the representative of Benin to the United Nations, actually carried the weight for a lot of local governments in developing countries. That was a big weight you carried on your shoulders. And I wondered, what tricks did you use to manage to persuade some of the countries 
who maybe didn't want to have a specific reference to local government finance in the Addis Ababa Action Agenda, particularly, as you know, this reference talks about municipal bonds, it talks about lending from development banks to local governments. You manage to get all this in, and not all central governments are going to be interested in that. We even included, of course, the role of local governments in climate change, something that we'll be talking about a little bit later. But back to you, Ambassador. What tricks did you use to get this through in the face of some central government representatives who might not be that keen? Yes, you are right. That it was a very challenging undertaking. But I brought in the UN, I would say, the practice of those issues that I have from the field. Because I was in charge of uh, cooperation with European countries. And I had to visit the projects in my own country that those countries were implementing and to discuss really challenging issues and bottlenecks that were preventing progress in those fields. That's one. Second, I came from a country which took 10 years to move, to shift from a centralized government where even a tile falling from the roof of a school has to be repaired only after decision made by the government in the capital, and uh, with this creating really challenges to the people at local level, and also uh, raising the issue of legitimacy of the national government. Because if you have a national government and you, your children don't have a classroom uh, with a roof protecting them against the rain uh, in the village, uh, you ask, you wonder where are your taxes going, you see. So we were faced with those challenging issues in the process. Ten years, it took ten years in Benin to find the right setting to address the issue of bringing more administration to the local level, bringing more resources to the local level, and addressing at local level in a decentralized decision-making process the challenges that are being, uh, that the population is uh, faced with at local level. So I had this experiment in my, I would say, language when I came to New York. And I, I saw, I could also follow and see that this process was uh, taking place in many other uh, Francophone countries. And the English-speaking countries were a little bit in, in advance because of more vibrant local community development in those countries. So, uh, but there was really a resistance to bring all this on the agenda of the UN. The resistance was there, not only from the developing countries, but also from developing partners uh, who consider that uh, they have the framework to address this with uh, national government, and the process was not uh, as uh, uh, clearly defined uh, to be brought into the UN. But at the same time, we had the support of many NGOs, many grassroots associations, and uh, I will also say we were really under the pressure at national level. Once the reform was adopted to conduct local elections with mayors having, I would say, 
sovereign, uh, not sovereign, but I would say responsibility, responsible mayors in front of their constituencies. So, uh, and with mayors who are tasked uh, with uh, a national local development program on which they have to be accountable to the population. So, uh, with all this in mind, and I was able to build a narrative that brought everybody on board uh, on the issue of uh, bringing the municipalities to ad uh, of ad the issue of addressing the municipalities' challenges and the local development finance in a broader sense. And I would say also that the UNCDF has prepared the ground for that also because UNCDF have been working, I would say, at a lower, low profile scale, low profile level in many countries on the issue. But the fact that there was such an experiment, there was such a, a knowledge and a, there was such a, a, I would say, capacity in the UN also was very helpful because I was able to say this, this, this was being done and it's very productive. It helps to develop productive capacity at local level. It helps generate resources that local governments can make use of to improve, to address specific challenges of the population. And also, all these put together, it was, I would say, finally possible to bring our partners around the table to really formulate concrete, concrete, uh, very delineated, I would say, uh, provisions uh, concerning local government. And at that time also, uh, I was talking about the, the experiment and the, I would say, uh, knowledge uh, gathered, knowledge stock that was available at the UNCDF level. I was at the same time when I was conducting this negotiation, I was uh, managing uh, as one of the co-chairs of the local climate adaptive uh, living facility, which was a concrete example of how the UN can mobilize resources, seed money, catalytic resources to uh, build a blended financing mechanism that allow local communities to really not only access resources that are available at the international level, but also involve financing uh, capacity uh, in the uh, national uh, banks, even commercial banks, because of the uh, uh, mechanism that where uh, USCDF was able to, to develop. And all this put together, it made the narrative really credible and it made it sensible for our partners. And we were able to have this paragraph 34 uh, in the uh, Addis Ababa Action Agenda. And when you read the paragraph 34, you understand that there is a full program in deployment on that uh, issue. And we have benchmarks and we have very clear inputs and, and really very clear expected outputs and results, outcomes for uh, the population as an integral part in the process of the implementation uh, and the financing of the, the sustainable development goals as such. Thank you so much indeed, Ambassador. You really took the words from my mouth as well because you identified clearly your role as co-chair of the local government's climate adaptive living facility. 
which argues that um, climate finance can be best delivered through local governments. And I have to let you know now that there are currently 15 countries, members of the local climate adaptive living facility, and six candidate countries. So we're almost into uh, more than 20. And uh, you remember when you chaired Ambassador, the first uh, meeting of the local board, I think there was just two or three countries. So your initiative there has really grown. I'm very happy to hear that. And uh, I think that with the replenishment of a green climate fund, you will have more resources available to really move forward swiftly to really address the climate challenges, which are becoming very, very uh, dire uh, now in many developing countries and taking such uh, dramatic, uh, I would say even tragic, uh, uh, so to say, aspects uh, as uh, uh, migration flows and uh, uh, the pressure at the borders of uh, uh, developed countries. Uh, so really, we, we have a very powerful tools to address the sustainable development goal implementation. Absolutely. And I can report to you that Benin and Cambodia have now managed to secure access to the Green Climate Fund and the Adaptation Fund in order to take the local climate adaptive living facility to scale. So that campaign that you launched is now being successful. Um, Ambassador Zinzu, thank you so much for your time. And uh, it, we really appreciate the time you're taking to speak to us at this podcast. And uh, as always on the podcast, we ask the people we are interviewing a couple of binary questions at the end. You uh, can say, you have to pick one of the two things. You don't need to say why, but I'm going to ask you two, a couple of questions. So first, you've been based in a number of countries, a number of places. New York or Geneva, which do you prefer as a place to work? Uh, I was uh, I was based in New York. I spent 14 years addressing uh, development issues uh, uh, at the United Nations headquarters in New York. And, and uh, really, for me, it's uh, uh, I would say best time of my life. I uh, and uh, I, I I really uh, cherished every day I spent there, and I made it sure that I can carry the voice of the, uh, uh, I would say, voiceless, uh, the voice of the voiceless, and, and, and uh, uh, make sure that uh, uh, people be brought to a level of dignity that they deserve as human beings. And I, I place a high emphasis on addressing the basic needs of the people because that is the measure of basic, the low-level measure of, uh, uh, I would say, the threshold measure of human dignity. And the issue of water supply is very critical. We have to make sure, and we have to continue, I beg UNCDF to work to help local governments in that field to make sure that the human being don't go fetch water at the same place that their cattle goes. And it's very important. We have to be able in very near future to make sure that there is no more people on this planet drinking brown water. 
clear drinkable water has to be accessible to everybody. And we need to find the means to do that. And that will happen at local level. We need to find means to ensure financial inclusion, to make sure that the dormant capacities in the people are really uh, put to action to improve the living conditions of the people. And that's why I really like your support to financial inclusion, the programs that you put in place at the uh, UNCDF level to support financial inclusion. I, you ask New York and uh, Geneva. I was very frequent in Geneva because uh, uh, we had a lot of uh, interaction with, uh, as a chair of the Global Coordination Bureau of Least Developed Countries. I had a lot of interaction with uh, uh, organizations working uh, in uh, 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 Geneva on uh, very critical issues uh, related to the 2030 development agenda. Thank you so much indeed, Ambassador Zinzu. We really appreciate your time and look forward to speaking again to you in the near future. Ambassador, thank you very, very much. It's my pleasure to work with you. And we will send you the full uh, interview once it's been finished. And so you can hear it and you'll see it out on the, uh, in, in the podcast. Thank you, Ambassador. All the best. I look forward to speaking again soon. All the best. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this episode. This is Capital Lowcast, the local government finance podcast from the United Nations Capital Development Fund. Thanks for listening. See you next week.